Real sports talk for real sports fans. It's Jimmy B and TC. Here's Jim and Trent. All right, everybody, second hour right here on the Big Talker 1700 as we take you all the way to 6 o'clock. Cullen Clark will be coming up in about 15 minutes, uh, Big 12 country. We'll dive into the the Big 12 and everything that is uh, going on with that. You know, Trent, I found it interesting when we just had Matt Norlander on from CBS College Sports and the way that he broke down and did it so easily with what this new net metrics is all about. Uh, he is completely dialed in, and listening to him, I felt like I was on the outside looking in just because of all the, all the, all the different items that they are going to use to try to come up with some number in order to rank a team. It's the way it's supposed to be done, though, because in the past, what... What the RPI measured is who you played, not how you did against yeah, the teams right. that you scheduled. Yeah. It was more a scheduling metric than it was a, a component that measured how good of a basketball team you are. So we are getting into that realm, which is incredibly important. I'm very happy to see that. Are there going to be some hiccups along the way? I'm sure there will, Jimmy B. I'm sure there's going to be yeah, something yeah. that steps up, some number that is spit out, and you're kind of left saying, well, how, how did they arrive at that? There is no system that is completely perfect, but there is no doubt. This is a huge, hugely better uh, way to measure teams than what we had in the past of the RPI. Men's basketball will be the only one using that, though. Women's basketball, still the RPI. College baseball, still the RPI. College wrestling still has the RPI, on and on and on. College hoops, though, gets the uh, the first one to go in and try to figure out a better way to measure teams. And and with it, well, maybe better scheduling down the road. We talked about that with Matt Norlander mm-hmm. for people maybe just getting in their cars after work. You can check that out. We'll have it up later this evening over on the podcast page at 1700kbgg.com. Jimmy B, tomorrow night we get NFL football back, which is a, a very good thing. Preseason yep. week number three, certainly the most important week. We know about that, and we talk about it every single year, Jim. But I did want to get your thoughts today. The Vikings going out and making a little bit of a move is uh, they're already an incredibly good defense. We saw that a year ago. But bringing in George Aloka from the Cincinnati Bengals, he played mm-hmm. for Mike Zimmer when he, Zimmer was the defensive coordinator in Cincinnati. Nice depth piece to uh, add if you're the Minnesota Vikings. Look, uh, that's a great move. It, it really is. And, look, they're loaded as it is anyway, Trent. You and I both believe that they'll be the top team in that division whoa, with whoa, Green whoa, Bay. Whoa, whoa. Don't, don't be putting you don't... words in my mouth. <laughs> I believe that they will be the top team in that division with Green Bay second. Um, look, I mean, they're all in. They are all in right now, and they thought they were going to get there last year, fell short, and they didn't make it. And so this year, with a brand-new quarterback in Kirk Cousins, and thinking that their running back in Dalvin Cook is going to be healthy because he couldn't play at all last year because of the injury, they think that they are locked and loaded and, and ready to go. I, I I think it's going to be an amazing uh, fight out 
in that division between Green Bay and Minnesota. And I still think, though, that the Vikings are the team to beat there. You know, the one concern that remains for me with the Vikings is the injuries that they've had up front. And that offensive line two years ago was hot garbage. I mean, it was one of the worst offensive lines that I ever remember seeing in the NFL. Sam Bradford, how he stayed upright throughout the year is still incredible. And they've had a ton of injuries as, as they've had a bunch of guys that have been out. Pat Elfline's been hurt. Remmers has been hurt. They've had a bunch of injuries already there. There isn't the kind of depth, I believe, for them to be able to withstand and go 12-4 and four and win that division. That's why I'm still withholding some judgment on the Vikings because of that. It doesn't matter how good a quarterback play you have. It doesn't matter how good wide receivers you had. I think they're outstanding. And Delvin Cook coming back from the injury and how good that defense is. If your offensive line sucks, name the last time you saw a team get to the Super Bowl with a terrible offensive line, Jim. I'll wait. I'm waiting too yeah. because most of the it. time, most of the time, you can't do it. No, yeah, it's not most of the time; it's all of the time, Jim. If your yeah, because your quarterback's stinks, running for his yeah. life. Yeah, if your offensive line stinks, you're not going to make it to a Super Bowl. That's why I'm still withstanding judgment because I love the Vikings roster, top to bottom. I love what they have defensively. Now bringing in Aloka to go with Sendejo and Harrison Smith, who might be the best safety in the game right now. You have good cornerbacks. You got line. I mean, they, they have everything that is there except for that offensive line. There are positions that, are, that you can hide. There are positions that you can get away with. Offensive line is not one of those position groups. I'm a little bit more nervous about the Vikings than it was just a couple of weeks ago, because throughout the summer when we did talk about the Vikings, I was right. with you, Jim. I thought this team was going to win the division. Now I'm withholding judgment until we get to next wow. week. And, uh, and okay. Friday we will get to see their big uh, run through things with Seattle coming to town. By the way, your Seahawks, Jimmy B, they're going to stink this year. <laughs> I know. Uh, the one good thing they have is Russell Wilson, and yeah. that's about and that's about it. Uh, remember, we just made the reference with the offensive line and running for your life. Hello, Russell. I hope you got those wheels on because you're going to need them to get away from the pass rushes uh, that are going to uh, filter through uh, against you. Look, I. I I think really I'm still sold on on the Vikings. I'm still not sure yet what we're going to get out of the Green Bay Packers. I mean, look, we got you know what you got in in the quarterback. You know what you have now at tight end, and probably Jimmy Graham will probably even play in the slot or even maybe a few wideouts from time to time. You got Adams as a wide receiver, but what else do they have? I, they got guys hurt. They're 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 like put together with band aids and scotch tape, so I, that's why I'm still leaning heavily toward Minnesota trend. I got you, I got you on that. All right, Jim, uh, from the NFL over to a little college, we got some Big Twelve football talk, and we're gonna get into Iowa State coming up here in just a little bit. We got Colin Clark stopping by from Big Twelve Country. Jim, uh, yesterday it was revealed that. I was going to have a new running back as a starter in Ivory mm-hmm. Kelly Martin. Uh, I, yeah. I was surprised when I heard Brian Ferentz say that yesterday. Jim, you were away uh, yesterday on quote unquote business, but when you heard <laughs> that, I, I just, it felt like it was Torn Young's job. It was going to be a timeshare. We're not talking about, you know, a guy that's going to get right. 90% of the carries or anything like that now. 
But from it's torn young, it's torn young, to suddenly Kelly Martin emerging, that was a surprise to me. How about you? It caught me off guard. You, you can count on that. I, I, I was with you. Uh, I thought Torin Young was the guy. Uh, that had been the most talked about and pretty much seemed to be set in stone. So Kelly Martin, uh, obviously, Trent, uh, we don't get a chance to see practices. Uh, he must have really come on and really impressed. And with what Brian Ferentz is attempting to do offensively, maybe he just fits some of those schemes a little bit better. Um, that's the only thing that I can think of right now that he came out and was boastful about him, and he did it so quickly. I mean, we still have another, what, week or so, week and a half <laughs> until they play. So I was a little caught off guard. I think maybe just like everybody else that uh, he just, you know, matter-of-factly just dropped that out. Well, he was the full-time kick returner a year ago. We saw him play a little bit throughout the year at the running back position. He averaged 9.2 yards a carry. Now he's only in 20 attempts. You know, one big yeah. run can certainly uh, change that a little bit and had a big game at the end of the season against Nebraska as Iowa throttled the Cornhuskers a year ago. But, Jim, he is kind of that, that combination back, if you will. He's not a scat back like Akron Wadley that's just all about the moves. He's not the power back, the bruising Mark Wiseman type. He's in between. He's got some shake. He's got some wiggle to his game. But even going back to last year, when he would get opportunities, is the kid would run so incredibly hard. He was a guy that you could see every time he got the ball, he was thinking about making the big play. You have to be able to show discipline, though, in the zone blocking scheme. And that's why I think you're going to see them rely more on change of pace, different kind of backs, torn young at times, the physicality. Ivory Kelly Martin kind of do it all. And then he got the smaller guy in Sargent. I think this is going to be a timeshare. You know, it might be 40% of the carries for Kelly Martin, 30% Torin Young, 30% for Makai Sargent. I think that's how it's going to break down. Mm-hmm. You can do a lot of different things with that. We've seen Iowa be very successful in the past when they've been able to go with different running backs with different kind of styles. Which one, in your estimation, is the better pass catcher coming out of the backfield? Or are they about the same? Well, you would think Kelly Martin would be that guy, but I remember in spring that was brought up and they mentioned the propensity of Torin Young to be very good. You wouldn't think of a bigger back being the best pass catcher, but Brian Ferentz had mentioned that a back during the spring that, that Torin Young was a guy. I, another surprise, but again... You never know about motivation tactics. You never know exactly right. you know, what that is. Maybe Ivory Kelly Barton had dropped a couple of balls in practice the day previous to those comments, and that's why he brought it up. It, you know, we Sometimes we struggle because we get too far into the weeds. We, we read too much into the few comments that we get from the Iowa football coaches. You have to be, you have to be careful with that. And you mentioned the different things that we saw. Getting Akron Wadley out in space a year ago, they did more of that. I think you're going to see that more again this season. Another big part, though, Jimmy B, is not what you do catching mm-hmm. the ball out of the backfield, but on third down, who can pick up a blitzer? That there, is an yes. incredibly underrated aspect of being a running back at the Big Ten level, being able to take an outside backer on the edge and keep him away from your quarterback. I, I'm with you on that. That's extremely important, and we'll have to see how that all plays out, particularly in that first game, Trent, uh, when they're going to be without two offensive linemen that start. Probably not going to see a whole lot of guys sneaking out of the backfield because they're going to need them no. helping on yep. Sutton Smith on the outside and the rest of that defensive front from Northern Illinois. Mark Kallenberger, 
Is he going to get the start at last left tackle? That would be my anticipation. On the other side, more than likely going to be Levi Paulson. We are a week and a half away from college football returning. In fact, uh, next Thursday night, we got you covered with the opener of the college football schedule, the big one, at least in Big Ten territory with Northwestern and Penn State. We'll have the call of that one play-by-play action right here on 1700. From the Big Ten and the Hawkeyes to the Big 12 in Iowa State next, we're talking with our boy Cullen Clark coming up next here on Jimmy B and TC. We talk sports on 1700 with Jimmy B and TC, Des Moines' savviest sports duo on the Big Talker, 1700 KBGG. This year, it's our year. No, no, no. This year, it's my team. Yeah, this is the year. This season, everyone is going to know where I'm tailgating. My team, my colors, my flag. Hello, it's why I fly the flag. This is the year you fly the colors of your favorite team, and you'll Find those colors at Heartland Flagpoles and Flags, the largest selection of team flags anywhere. Every team, every sport, every flag. Almost. Buy online and get free shipping. Heartlandflags.com. From the Barrel, Des Moines Whiskey Festival kicks off this year and will be taking place in downtown Des Moines. Ladies, don't miss our Friday night kickoff dinner, Women and Whiskey, featuring a five-course dinner, whiskey pairings, and great entertainment. Women and Whiskey proudly benefits our amazing sponsor, Susan G. Komen. Tickets on sale now at dsmwhiskeyfest.com. Our forecast for tonight, mostly clear, cool and quiet, a low of 58. Increasing clouds Thursday with a chance of showers in the afternoon, a high of 79. And a chance of thunderstorms comes in Thursday night. I'm Local 5 Chief Meteorologist Brad Edwards. Sponsored by Firestone Complete Auto Care. Head into Firestone Complete Auto Care to get $70 off per axle on a standard brake service. Whatever you drive, drive a Firestone. Coupon required, restrictions and exclusions apply. Details at driveafirestone.com. Looks like we have another contestant for Russian Roofer Roulette. Place your bet. Choose from unmet expectations, we overpromise and underdeliver, or we'll carelessly drag our ladder over your daffodils. Let's log on to Google and play. I'm Ryan Johnson, owner of Right Roofing. Before you play Russian Roofer Roulette, give us a call. Right Roofing is one of the only local roofers with a 50-year warranty on both the shingles and the labor. So you know that when we roof it, we'll roof it once and we'll roof it right. For a warranty on materials and labor that's five times longer than most companies, call Right Roofing at 515-729-0770, where we say you choose the color, we'll handle the rest. That's 729-0770, or find us online at rightroofing.com. That's rightroofing.com with an R. Roof it once, roof it right, right roofing. An old favorite is back again with a new and updated menu, Bennigan's on Merle Hay Road. Stop by Bennigan's and check out the new signature steak and ale menu. Made from scratch everyday recipes that have stood the test of time. Dinner with friends, a night out, or just stop by to watch the ball game. Make it Bennigan's. Merle Hay Road. You're with friends at Bennigan's on Merle Hay Road. Join us for the Alzheimer's Association Walk to End Alzheimer's. Go to alc.org walk to register for an event near you. Together, we can end Alzheimer's.
Hey guys, Trent Condon back here once again. Want to tell you a little bit about New Leaf Wellness Center. New Leaf Wellness has helped me lose weight, gain endurance during workouts, and one of the biggest things, have energy all day long. No more lulls during the afternoon. Great program, great people at New Leaf Wellness Center. Check them out today at 3930 West Town Parkway in West Des Moines. And all summer long, give it away iCubs tickets. Find out how New Leaf Wellness can help you or give them a call at 515-650-1358. That's 650-1358 for New Leaf Wellness Centers. Let's feel better together and turn over a new leaf with New Leaf Wellness. At Wolf Construction, we do many large construction projects across the Midwest, but we started as a roofing company and we're still a roofing company today. At Wolf Construction, we believe in honest work, a fair price, and work we stand behind, and our 10-year workmanship warranty proves it. We know roofing. With our one-day get-it-done approach, we're known as a roofing machine. Call Wolf Construction for a free estimate at 515-225-8866 or visit us on the web at wolfconstruction.net. At Wolf Construction, we take your roof personally. This year, it's our year. The year we win it all. This is the year the flag flies. For wins, for big games, for titles. This is the year you fly the colors of your favorite team. These colors, uh, these colors mean everything. And you'll find those colors at Heartland Flagpoles and Flags. The largest selection of team flags anywhere. Football, basketball, hockey, NASCAR, and more. Shop 3719 Southwest 9th Des Moines or heartlandflags.com. The Rookie is Central Iowa's leader in sports cards, collectibles, supplies, and memorabilia. The Rookie has a large selection of vintage and modern-day sports cards for brands such as Topps, Upper Deck, and Panini. Whether you're starting a new collection or building your own, The Rookie has all your needs from football, basketball, baseball, hockey, UFC, and more. It's time to collect. Stop by The Rookie, 9992 Swanson Boulevard, right across from the Willis Auto Campus. And online at TheRookieSportsCards.com. Welcome back. Jimmy B and TC continues on 1700 KBGG with you until 6 o'clock tonight on your drive home. Time to talk some Big 12 football. And, well, a site that I came across a couple weeks ago, really been enjoying Big 12 country. And one of the contributors over there, Cullen Clark, joining us here today. Cullen, what's happening? Oh, not too much, guys. Just at, just at work and ready to talk some Big 12 football with you guys. We are certainly ready for that. So let's get into it here. And, well, let us start with your perspective of the local team with Iowa State. And, you know, a lot of times, sometimes you get a little too close to situations, maybe overrate the talent. I, I've been doing sports talk radio for a number of years, though. I certainly can't remember an Iowa State team that has this kind of roster, this kind of talent coming back after a successful year number two under Matt Campbell. Give us your broad view, your perspective when you take a look at Iowa State football. I, I got to say it. I, I'm pretty sure I speak for our whole group. Uh, we absolutely love what Matt Campbell is doing up there in Ames. You guys put together a, a heck of a team and you know, obviously recruited at a high level as well. I, for this year, it, it's kind of hard to peg them because you know last year was a bit of a shock to everybody. I mean, we We'd actually, to go back to last year and look at some of our season previews and stuff, we were pretty high on Iowa State going into the season. I, you know, I don't know that we expected them to go into Norman and knock off Oklahoma, but, you know, from what they did, it was kind of on the level of what we were looking at. So, this season, we'd said on our Iowa State season preview this year that it, it's possible that this team could actually be better than last year's, but finish with, you know, roughly the same or even maybe a little bit worse record. So, it's it's kind of hard to peg them. I do have to say that this is a, a great Iowa State team, 
And, you know, Big 12 is really up for grabs after Oklahoma this year. So, you know, they could go anywhere from, I think, I'm trying to think back to our rankings. I think we had them in our preseason poll at around five or six. And they could definitely do that or, you know, they could find themselves in the Big 12 title game. Uh, there's no doubt, and and the anticipation around here, as you can imagine, is very, very high. Iowa State fans, they've sat through uh, some bad and some lean football years, and with the roster that they have, the talent they developed defensively, and, and just the change that we saw them evolve into a year ago and what they became, it was incredible to see. You mentioned that championship game. Oklahoma, I think for most people, that's one of the spots. Colin, who do you like? If making your pick here at the end of August before we get things teed up here in a week and a half, who's uh, who's that second team? Or maybe they have two different teams in Oklahoma not getting to uh, that first Saturday down in Big D. Sure. Well, I, I've been on a couple of different shows, so maybe they listeners have heard me on there. But it's no secret, I, I've picked Oklahoma to win the Big 12 this year or their opponent in the Big 12 title game. I, I've picked TCU. I just, I, I, you know, a lot of experience on that team coming back, especially on the defensive side of the ball. They do have question marks at quarterback and on an offensive line. So, uh, I mean, that second spot is, is really hard to pick. That's the team that I pick. I could see a, uh, you know, a West Virginia, although I'm not as high on West Virginia as some of the some of the media people around the country. That my take would be Oklahoma TCU in the title games, a rematch from last year's with Oklahoma winning. Hey, Cullen, I'm real curious about the way that you look at the Big 12. Just because, are they going to be the conference that is on the outs again? Or will it be the Pac-12? It's not going to be the SEC, the Big 10, or the ACC this year. So there's really one spot left. Is the Big 12 good enough then to make sure they get a team in or does Washington from the Pac-12, which seems to be the favorite out there, unseat the Big 12? No, that's a that's a great question. I think that the you know very it's a very good possibility that the Big 12 could get left out of the uh, college football playoffs as long as you know Oklahoma takes care of business and, and wins the Big 12, as a lot of people are predicting. I think that they have a pretty good shot to get in that playoff position. I, don't, I agree with you. I definitely think it is between the Pac-12 and the Big 12 this year. I'm not a big fan of, of Washington and them being ranked as high as they are in the top 10 amongst the polls. So uh, if you had to ask me if, if I truly thought the Big 12 would get left off, if Oklahoma wins, I definitely see them winning again or getting into the, the playoffs. If some team other than Oklahoma wins, that's where it's going to get a little bit tricky because I could see you know, TCU going in that last week and playing Oklahoma in, in conference championship and winning, and if that's the case, I would think that TCU is probably going to have you know two to three losses potentially, and I think that would really hurt our, ch- our chances of getting into that college football playoff. Let's jump to Texas, and there's varying certainly degrees of what you think Tom Herman is going to be able to do with this squad in year number two. Defensively, I thought Orlando did an outstanding job with that group. We know talent certainly is there. That's always the case with Texas. What kind of leap do you expect here? And not a huge surprise by any means, but uh, was announced Tom Herman did say that Sam Ellinger will be the starting quarterback for game one against Maryland. Yeah, I think for me, I'm taking Texas to finish at about 7-5, and 8-4. I think somewhere in the you know 3-5 range of the conference. 
it's really going to come. It's going to have to come from the offensive side if they're going to actually get back, as everybody likes to always say that they are. You know, they they have Ellinger established a quarterback. Finally, you know, they've announced him as a starter. He needs to take a, a step forward, but also the offensive play calling last year. You know, most of the Texas or Texas fans criticized that the entire season on uh, Tim Beck calling those plays, and without a, a good offensive line last year and no little to no running game, Ellinger basically his part in the offense was running the football, which led to him eventually getting hurt. So. To me, if Texas is going to actually get back to where they need to be, they're going to have to establish some type of running game this year. You know, I think Ellinger was the lead rusher last year with just under 400 yards rushing. That's not going to cut it. If that happens again this year, you're going to have a season just like last year. When when you and you and you referenced West Virginia, is is the Heisman Trophy uh, just pretty much? And Alabama, maybe Stanford, the the two guys there, the the quarterback at Alabama, the great running back, love that it's Stanford. Or could you see somebody like Will Greer? Um, I, I don't know. Maybe maybe even uh, the Oklahoma QB who makes almost as much money as his head coach. By the way, uh, <laughs> could could you see one of those guys really being in the heavy conversation? You know, I don't see Kyler Murray, the Oklahoma quarterback. I don't see him getting into the discussion. And the reason for that is I think if there's a Heisman candidate on Oklahoma's roster, it's actually going to be Robbie Anderson, the running back. So okay. I, don't, I don't see him being into it. I do see, you know, if Will Greer somehow finds a way to, to carry West Virginia into the Big 12 title game against Oklahoma, even if he loses, you know, the, the Heisman Trophy Award has really become kind of a, a quarterback award, unless there's a down here on quarterbacks, and then you, you can have some discussions with some running backs. But... If he has as good a season as everybody seems to think he will, then he could definitely be there in New York when that war's handed out. All right. So, Cullen, you and I are, are sitting here and we're picking teams. And our rosters are pretty much mirror images of each other. But I got Will Greer. You get any other quarterback in the Big 12. Who's your selection? Who's the number two guy? We all know Greer's number one. Who would be your second choice? Who would be your choice to lead your team? I got Greer because I came up with this ridiculous scenario. <laughs> <laughs> that is a that is a, a great question. I'm trying to think because we have so we, you know we have so much of a uh, quarterback turnover in the league. You might have to give me just a uh, just a moment here. You know, I might have to go with Charlie Brewer from Baylor. I, I hear just, that a lot. Yeah. people are in, in yeah. love with the young sophomore down at Baylor. Yeah, and he, you know, he finished the season strong for the Bears last year, and really just the uncertainty at every other position or every other school. I mean, I know Oklahoma fans. When I'm here, you know, I'm here in Oklahoma. They would probably kill me for saying that because they all think that Kyler's going to come in and just play like a Baker Mayfield last year. But I think you had to put me on the spot what you do, and I, I would take Charlie Brewer. What other quarterback I want to get your perspective on? And TCU, what Gary Patterson continues to do. Another double-digit winning season a year ago, winning 11 games, beating Stanford uh, in the Alamo Bowl. Their new quarterback, Sean Robinson, you know, we got to see a little bit of him last year when Kenny Hill went out. He is the highest-regarded quarterback that TCU has ever brought during the tenure of Gary Patterson. What's a realistic expectation for him? And and if he takes a step forward, could could TCU be that team that's back there again, kind of like we talked about in that championship game? Yeah, I mean, we, we saw very little of him last year. He was pretty 
pretty highly recruited coming out of high school. I think he's like a a four star coming out. Mm-hmm. I think for him, I'm not as high on him as some, and I, I don't honestly know that he finishes the season as TCU quarterback. But right now, he's going to have to make a, a dramatic leap in accuracy for that to for that to happen for him to carry TCU all the way to the title game. Uh, Colin, the Big Twelve. Okay, the Big Twelve overall. How do you rank the conference? Do you have uh, Big Ten or SEC one? AC. I mean, where do you have the Big Twelve as far as conferences are concerned? Well, this season, I think we're going to take a step back from last season. So I'd probably take us fourth. I think I have the. Big Ten, the SEC, and, and maybe the ACC above the Big 12. Definitely have the Big 12 over the Pac-12. You know, as we go through this offseason trying to find a, a team that, that can emerge and compete with Oklahoma, I, I saw a week ago the guys over at the Athletic uh, came out with their predictions for the season, both Bruce Feldman and also, oh, who is the other guy? I can't even think of him. We just had him on the show a couple weeks ago. But they, they both had Oklahoma going 9-3 and three this season. Oklahoma goes 9-3 and three in year number two of Lincoln Riley. How wrestlers would the Natives be? And I don't think he's going to be fired after being a play away from, from playing for a championship a year ago. But how much pressure? If Oklahoma does take a step back, what are people in Oklahoma going to be saying about Riley? I think I don't think it'll be an issue for them for him at all after his one nine and three season. Obviously, it'd be disappointing. I don't think the expectations are you know title or, or Heisman Trophy or anything like that this year. He came into a really good situation last year. He had an established coaching staff. He had a Heisman Trophy. You know, had been at least receiving votes the last couple of years, and then ended up winning it that year. So he came into a great situation. He's having a little bit of turnover at the quarterback position. He was Mark Andrews. He was Trey Flowers. Not Trey Flowers. Uh, Dimitri Flowers. Those are some some big guys to replace. So nine and three, I think, would still be a good year, while while disappointing for Oklahoma. But with the way that they've been recruiting over the last two years, I think the expectations are going to really start getting high in the next couple of years. Whether you know if he goes nine and three in in two years or, or three years, then you're going to start hearing some discontent from Oklahoma fans. You know, I find it interesting because during the, uh, I guess, early part of the summer, it seemed like K-State was kind of like the uh, all-of-a-sudden it team. Everybody kind of had their their finger on the pulse because uh, the old guy's coming back again. He signs a brand-new contract. He's going to hang in and still coach. And they became kind of like a media darling. Now it seems that we are getting closer to the beginning of the season, and their name is not being bantered around as much. What changed? Well, I, I, I agree. You know, everybody was talking about this is a, a Kansas State type year where a lot of the conference is down and placing quarterbacks. This could be the year that they jump up and can pin for the title. I, I had this feeling all along that they were getting so much love, but this isn't really set up as a K State. Usually, when K State is continue for the title they didn't come into the season with any type of that love so so maybe it actually is now that it's kind of teared off a little bit but you know with the change in the coordinators on both offices i don't know that people truly know what to expect i was a little hesitant early because you had alex delton basically being named the starting quarterback for Kansas state and with the traditional power run game that they use with the quarterbacks i wasn't sure that he could actually hold up a, under a full season of, of taking that kind of contact continuously 
So you have that. But just here recently, I, I've been hearing some stuff and seen it on, on social media that they may be moving towards more of a pro-style NFL offense. So, you know, you're, you're changing offense. You're changing the defense a little bit, maybe to be more a little bit a uh, little bit more aggressive instead of the bend the break philosophy. I don't know really what we can expect from Kansas State this year. Final thing here for you, Cullen. We'll let you go on this uh, Big 12 country. I mentioned just uh, had a chance to run across some of your guys' work here over the last couple of weeks. Tell us a little bit about what you guys have going on there. I know a lot of uh, podcasts that you're going through, previewing different things. Tell us more about Big 12 country. Sure. Right now, we're you know we're just uh, originally started as a group of four guys, just really fans, not professional journalists or anything, that saw kind of a gap in Big Twelve coverage as a whole. You know, there was a lot of team coverage for the individual teams, but nothing conference specific. So, felt that maybe we could step in there and, and start a podcast and try to cover the teams and just bring a little bit of knowledge about each individual team to the different fan bases. You know, since a conference kind of. Since the conference realignment back in, I guess, 2012, it seemed like we lost a lot of the rivalries. Everybody kind of retreated into their own corners. So trying to bring the conference together and, and just teach people about the different teams. Right now, you caught us. We're right in the middle of our season previews, which we're about to wrap that up. We're doing a uh, bedlam special on, on Friday. They'll be out on Saturday just covering the OSU and Oklahoma team season. But... You know, during the season, we do we do a uh, preview podcast of the upcoming matchups that weekend, and then on Sunday following the games, we do a, a review. So a lot of podcasts coming out. Uh, right now, we do not have a website. We did a couple of years ago, but we, we kind of scaled back on that. We're focusing solely on the podcast and also on social media, which right now is primarily Twitter. You can follow our main Twitter account at, at BigXIICountry. But then we also have team handles for all the individual teams as well that are staffed by people that were fans of those teams growing up and are still fans of those. So a lot of good stuff coming from us, and hopefully a lot more coming soon. Looking forward to it. Hey, Cullen, great catching up with you here. Thank you so much for your time today. Thank you, guys. There he is, Cullen Clark, joining us as we talk some Big 12 football here. Jimmy B, Big 12 mm-hmm. country. You can find it on Twitter as uh, you and I are, are very – Big users of Twitter. Saw some stuff a, a couple weeks ago, Jim, and, and really good content over there. Enjoyed the season okay. previews of the different teams and a uh, different look at the Big 12. Always good to get some more Big 12 voices in here and talking the football, Jimmy B. So, Jim, I got a question for you. Go, you, Matt. You keep talking about you know all these people that are talking about the buzz of Kansas State. I was the one that had the buzz of Kansas State. Who else <laughs> did you hear talking Kansas State? Because I was the only one I thought talking about the Wildcats. No, I was. I heard Buzz on uh, on a couple of national shows when they were doing a uh, uh, some Big Twelve preview stuff, and I, I mean, I was watching them on uh, on television one morning, and they all had Oklahoma uh, winning, and then they, all they talked about was better watch out, Bill Snyder, K State. They they got it going on. This is this is going to be an entertaining team. And it was probably about the same time that you were trying to sell me K-State as well. So you weren't the only one. Maybe the national guys were listening to you and then picked up on, on that and decided to incorporate it into some of their shows. Probably, and they should, yeah. as we know. Yeah, they should. Yeah, you want to absolutely. Get, you want to get good, thought-provoking? Yeah. This is where you come. You come and you listen to Jimmy and TC. We bring it you got each it. and every day. Well, I bring it each and every day. You sometimes. 
<laughs> Are you here the rest of the week, by the way? Don't know yet. <laughs> yeah, you're the best, Princeton. You got it made, no <laughs> doubt about it. Well, Friday, we got high school football coming to the airwaves. It'll be Ankeny High against Ankeny Centennial, our Central Iowa Game of the Week. Coverage begins at 640 with the pregame show. We'll bring you play-by-play action of the Hawks and the Jaguars, followed up with our scoreboard show here until 11 o'clock Friday night and each Friday night, culminating with the semifinals and championships at the Unidome in November. You're home for high school sports each and every Friday night here on 1700 KBGG. Jim, want to take a moment here to thank again all our great sponsors that have jumped aboard. You bet. Sinorama, Andy Woodley guy that knows the importance of the high school scene a big thank you to andy he's aboard this year mike's auto service the rookie sports cards in clive central bank charter house real estate and mark charter heartland flag poles and flags right roofing and absolute auto repair a big thank you to all of them for jumping aboard here for our high school football coverage every friday night on 1700 we got to take a break we'll come back on the other side jim you ready to uh, take a look at the night in sports it's a little bit lean a little bit leaner but we'll have football again tomorrow to get into we'll take a look at things coming up what we're watching this evening we'll do it next year jimmy b and tc continues on 1700 kbgg back one final time jimmy b and tc jim brinson trent condon with you here as we are each and every weekday on your drive home so a lot of day baseball going on today jimmy b watching uh, my twins Roughed up by the White Sox. Oh, boy. It's <laughs> not a, a very, very fun way to get your day started, your afternoon started, Jimmy B. What's on your agenda for this evening? Anything grabbing your eye tonight before we get preseason football tomorrow night? Yeah, I'm probably going to lock into a couple of baseball games uh, just because the, the races are what they are. And Philadelphia's playing against the Washington Nationals in Washington. Uh, the Nats with a win last night. They play again tonight. So I will check that out in the National League East. I'll keep my eye on the Cubs in Detroit. Cubs can't score. Yeah. They go out and they grab, they grab Daniel Murphy. Great pickup from the Nats. Uh, we'll see if that helps their uh, lineup right now, but they can't hit and they can't score and, and lost to Detroit last night. We'll see if that changes this evening. I'm still dialed in to Cleveland and Boston, and look what the Indians have done so far at Fenway Park. I got us at Park uh, in the car at the Park. So uh, that'll be that'll be something I'm going to look at, and then late night. I find it absolutely fascinating, partner, that the St. Louis freaking Cardinals mm-hmm. are right in the hunt, not only chasing the Cubs for the top spot in the Central and the National League, but they're hovering right around the wild card as well, and they have beaten up the Dodgers on consecutive nights, and they will play again this evening. So that'll be late night viewing. What about you? Yeah, that, that's the biggest one for me tonight. I've, I've enjoyed the last few nights being able to see this. And, you know, they got a guy going tonight, Jack Flaherty, who, I mean, if you would have said at the beginning of the season that the Cardinals would be doing this with Carlos Martinez missing the amount of starts and, and now down in the bullpen to finish up the season. Michael Walker has been on the shelf now for a couple of months. Wainwright mm-hmm. gave them absolutely nothing. Reyes nothing. gave them yeah. one start, and that was it. I mean, if you would have said this is what you're going to get out of the staff here, well, okay, they're under 500 and and they're out of the race. But here we sit on August 22nd. They've been playing great baseball. 
Matt Carpenter is an MVP candidate, and if you hadn't had an opportunity to watch Flaherty pitch, give him a look tonight. A lot of fun, big strikeout numbers, young gun, just 22 years old. I'm with you. Good one tonight. And, and you know, yeah. Jim, it's not crazy to think that the Dodgers, who we've seen against the Cubs in the NLCS the last couple of years, including the Dodgers winning it last year, the Cubs beating them the year previous, we could have a playoff without the Cubs without the Dodgers. It's not a yes. stretch that that could yeah. happen now. I, I'm with you. I mean, that's why that's why I'm keeping an eye on these games. I mean, if the Cubs hitting difficulties continue, and they all of a sudden, and they're on one right now, if, but if that losing skid starts to really extend, kind of like what's happened to the Dodgers here, uh, you're going to have St. Louis and Milwaukee run them down. And then all of a sudden, now Cubs, you're just battling for a possible wild card. Look, this is this is what I had hoped for. I hate it when teams run away and kind of like uh, like what Cleveland has done right now with your with your Twins. They've buried them. They're they're not even in the conversation anymore. It's it's Cleveland and nobody else in the AL Central. I mean, it's you, you know you have you have those sort of races. I will say this though. I don't know if anybody's looked lately, but with the Red Sox getting beaten by Cleveland and the Yankees winning, uh, the Yanks now are only eight games back, and we still have all of September uh, still to play. I don't know if they're going to be able to run down the Red Sox or not, but uh, at least for a talking point right now, uh, that could turn out to be somewhat of an interesting race. But there's no there's no question right now that the National League, is so much more interesting than the American, maybe with the exception of the uh, AL West, and that's it. Gotcha. All right, so we await all of that this evening. Uh, Let's see what else is going on tonight. Uh, Can I interest you in Big Brother? Does that do anything for you? Uh, No, I don't have any brothers, no. America's Got Talent? I, I I had a dog when I was a kid. Uh, what America's got? No, that what they talking about you and me? Well, no, not not even close. The story oh, of the Royals. Okay. The, I don't even the know the Kansas what that is. City Royals. <laughs> no, no, nothing. Well, I know talk, that story. Talking they about suck. royal families. Royal families. Suck, I think suck, is what suck that for, is. Suck forever. Then win the World Series. Then suck forever. Then come back and be a contender again. I know that's. I know the Royals story. Okay. All right. Little League World Series tonight. Yeah. And, uh, the no. Iowa kids are out. Eh, maybe not. No, not gonna do no. it. Well, my... I know what I'm. Do- I know what I'm gonna do tomorrow morning, though. Oh, really? Golf? Yes, yes. <laughs> Tigers playing early in the morning, and on this particular, since it's the FedEx points now, he is guaranteed three tournaments in a row. So uh, I know I'll be dialed in trying to see how Tiger Woods does uh, in round round one of the Northern Trust. So this ought to be that'll be interesting tomorrow morning just to see a can he continue the type of play and hit a few freaking fairways instead of missing all seven on the front nine like he did in the PGA and still shoot a sixty four. Um, I just I find the story fascinating, Trent. I really do. From a guy who was so far down and out, didn't even think that he'd ever be able to pick up a golf club again, and here he is, and he is right back in the stinking hunt. It's it's truly from a athletic standpoint, 
it's an amazing athletic story. One more for you, Jimmy B. Uh, we mentioned the Cubs tonight in their matchup. It'll be Lester on the mound against Francisco Liriano in Detroit as they try to get the offense revved up. And the addition of Daniel Murphy, it was one of those yeah. kind of head-scratching. Is like, uh, it's not what they need, right? They they need help in the need starting staff. Yes, you yeah. need pitching, yet here they are <laughs> going out and getting yet another guy that uh, can help out in the infield. But we've uh, we've seen... The move, Addison Russell put on the DL. Daniel Murphy will be starting tonight. Zach comes up here in just a few minutes, 6'10 with the first pitch. Murphy will be leading off playing second base. Javi Baez in the two spot playing shortstop now with the, the DL stint coming up for Russell. Rizzo batting third. Zobris in the cleanup spot. He'll be the DH tonight. Hayward in right. Elmora center. Bodie playing third base. Wilson Contreras behind the plate. And Ian Happ playing left field tonight and he will be in left field, the number nine hitter. So that's the lineup tonight for the Cubs. But, yeah, the Daniel Murphy edition, I mean, it's nice. The guy, he's hit well yeah, historically in yeah. Wrigley, but yep. you need some arms, Jimmy B. You need some starting arms to get you to that good bullpen. Did you, Darvish, just take the money and run? No. I mean, look at it. How many starts did he have? Four? No, more than that. But Jim, he did? Well, what, A, Jeez. what did you want him to do? Say no? Well, no, I wouldn't have said no, right. no. But I mean, look, I'm not, I'm not turning that kind of jack down. There's no way, right? But I, I mean, it's, it's amazing though that what you, what you actually got out of him, and then he is now done for the, uh, for the rest of That's the year. That's pitchers, though. That's uh, why starting pitching that, is a terrible investment. It's been yeah, this way historically. I mean, we can go back to Kevin yeah. Brown. Think of the money that he stole from the Yankees. Oh, I remember that. I mean, yes. on and on and on. It's by and large a terrible investment to go out and pay for starting pitching. It just it doesn't work. Your body is not made to throw the baseball like these guys throw a baseball. It's just, it, it's simple. And we continue to see it, and we're going to see it again. But here we are, Jimmy B. It's, uh, yeah, just, he's not stealing money, though. What, what do you want him to do? You th- oh, I wouldn't have turned it down either. Right. No, I'm just, I'm, do you think I'm he knew saying... he was going to get hurt? Yes. No, I think he knew that he was not going to pitch well. I do think that, yeah. Yeah, I think he probably felt that, all right, my my game isn't what it used to be, but I can't turn down this money, and I'm going to go out, and I'm going to throw, and I'm going to be lousy, and then he gets hurt. That is the most, that's my that's that's my theory. <laughs> that is one of the most cockamamie theories I have ever heard. And with that, we are out of we time. We say good night. Yes, yes. We will we will end on that incredibly low note and get out of here tonight. Enjoy your night in baseball. We'll be back tomorrow myself and Ken Miller starting at noon from noon till 2 over your lunch hour then on your drive home here with Jimmy B and TC. And uh, we have football right around the corner. High school football, Ankeny Ankeny Centennial on Friday night. Next Thursday, our Westwood One coverage will begin. We got Northwestern Purdue that Thursday night game. The Panthers in action, game one against Montana on Saturday the 1st. Labor Day, we'll have the Virginia Tech-Florida State game for you. A lot of football. We'll have the play-by-play here on 1700 KBGG. Thanks, everybody out there for listening in. We'll talk to you tomorrow starting at noon here on 1700. Thanks for listening, everybody.